3: For the first time in 287 days, the Knicks will take the floor in a regular season game, and while the Knicks aren't projected to snap their 7-year playoff drought, a well-respected head coach and a pair of first-round draft picks will surely bring some excitement to Madison Square Garden. Hello and welcome to the Putback with Ian Begley. Opening night special. We are live on SNY's Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube pages, and you can get involved In the comment section throughout this entire stream, I'm Chris Williamson alongside SNY NBA insider Ian Begley and we're joined by longtime Knicks writer Mark Berman of the New York Post and the brains behind Knicks Fan TV, CP is back. Always a pleasure to have you all gentlemen on. Let's start with Ian. What are the one to two biggest storylines that you look at heading into this 2020-21 season?
2: Well, for me, Chris, I mean, we know Tom Thibodeau is going to be here for a few years. We think that R.J. Barrett's going to be here for a few years. So I'm looking at the other players who are young Knicks coming into this Thibodeau regime for the first time. And I'm looking at like Frank Nilekina, Kevin Knox, Mitchell Robinson and those players and whether they have a future in New York. And I think the slate is kind of clean, so to speak, on most of these players. So it's about what they do this season, first year under Tom Thibodeau, that will determine whether they have a longer-term future here.
3: And CP, when you look at this season and all the players that they have, all the pieces that the Knicks have and Coach Thibodeau, what are you looking forward to most entering the year?
1: Well, Chris, first off, I got to salute this all-star panel that we have here. We got yourself running point. We got Ian Begley, the star. We got Mark Berman, 20-plus-year vet, on the beat. I mean, we got an all-star panel here, man. We got to hit that thumbs up button for you <laughs> boys, Knicks opener. You know, I'm, I'm excited. But um, yeah, I, I agree with everything that Ian said. You know, this, to me, this season is about, once again, player development and, and testing how committed the Knicks will be uh, to doing so. You know, there's no saviors coming here. We see another free agent class come and go. Uh, the 2021 list is starting to dwindle down. And so this is a focus um, from within. And so for me, it's, it's how will R.J. Barrett mature in year two? You know, he's certainly wearing a chip on his shoulder based on the all rookie team snub. Kevin Knox, uh, uh, Mitchell Robinson, Obi Toppin. Is Emmanuel quickly going to emerge as the point guard of the future or will he just be another piece to add to this core? You know, how will this young core uh, buy in to Tom Thibodeau? This is a Gen Z. This is a different uh, generation than Tibbs is accustomed to. So how will he uh, mesh with these young guys? What type of schemes will he implement? Uh, what type of rotation w- will he implement? I think it's very important for these guys to um, have their roles established early, as early as possible, so that we can establish uh, you know, our identity and our chemistry. So to me, this season is all about uh, player development and the patience to build from within.
3: And that's something that the Knicks have struggled with recently, not being able to develop the players that they want to get them to reach their full potential. Let's get into some specifics. And once again, you can write your questions in the comment section for Ian, CP and Mark, and we'll get to them throughout the show. And Mark, you wrote in your season predictions column for the New York Post that the Knicks will go 30 and 42. And you gave credit for that improvement to Tom Thibodeau. Just what kind of impact are you expecting Thibs to make in his first season?
4: Yeah, Chris, I actually disagree with Ian and CP a little bit. I don't think that Tom Thibodeau is looking uh, at this season as solely player development. He wants to win. He's always won. And that's why I think tonight we're going to see Alec Burks and Reggie Bullock play a lot of minutes. Uh, Yes, they want to develop Kevin Knox. And if he impacts winning, he'll be out there. He was sensational in the final five quarters of preseason but I'm picking 30 wins because Thibodeau is going to be playing to win every single night and no team will be more prepared. I think that the roster obviously doesn't have a star, but RJ Barrett showed some potential as a closer. I think Julius Randall has to step up as a closer last season. It was Marcus Morris until he got traded. Now we need, in a close game, or the Knicks need in a close game, they need to get the ball to Julius and he need, needs to score clutch points. I think, you know, it's funny that 30 wins is considered a lot, and that just shows how low the bar has become. Uh, Vegas had him at 22.5 over under. I think Thibodeau can get a more, can squeeze more victories out of them.
3: And Knicks fans will love that if they can, you know, win and show development, you know, with the young players, but also have a winning culture. And as you said, Julius Randle, he needs to step up and be that closing guy. If that happens, you know, that remains to be seen. Ian, when you look at the rest of the coaching staff for the Knicks, how much credit do you think Tibbs assistant coaches get for a successful
2: season? Well, if a successful season is about developing some of these young players, they are going to get credit for it because the Knicks – spent a lot of money uh, improving their player development uh, section of the organization. They brought in Kentucky's Kenny Payne uh, as an assistant coach under Thibodeau. They brought in Johnny Bryant, a uh, well-respected player development coach from the Utah Jazz, Mike Woodson and others. And they, they built out that player development staff a little bit. So, you know, they, they, Jim Dolan spent a lot of money on the staff. One fun question for me when it comes to New York basketball is who spent more money on the assistant coaches this season, Joe Sire, Jim Dolan, I think it's close, but, To me, success is developing some of these young guys. And if the young guys don't develop, then I think you start to look at that coaching staff and you wonder, you know, uh, what went wrong? Obviously, a lot of development is on the player. But if the coaches are strong in the player development area as we believe them to be, some of these guys should get better. And just to circle back on Mark's point about Tom Thibodeau playing to win every night, I I fully agree. And, you know, there were people in the organization who expected this roster to be a little bit more win now. And it ended up being at the end of the free agency period. I think some people in the organization wanted to put together a more veteran laden team that was ready to compete for a playoff spot. But Thibodeau, you know, from everything we've heard, doesn't know how to coach any other way, but then to prepare to win every night. So it's going to be interesting to see how he balances that with the idea of trying to develop these some of these young guys and bring them forward. Most certainly will be. And once again, you're watching the Putback with Ian Begley,
3: which drops every Wednesday on SNY.tv. But today is a live special for opening night. Think of this as the pregame coverage for postgame reaction and analysis. Be sure to catch Ian and the rest of the crew on Geico Sports Night, starting at 11 on SNY. CP, you know, one of the hot topics uh, during this next preseason and going into the season has been who's going to be the starters, right? What would your ideal starting lineup be for the upcoming season?
1: First off, I got to give quickly the nod at the point. I mean, he has the momentum right now. I, I know it's very difficult to glean much from the preseason, but I would say the one word I would have for quickly is encouraged. You know, I was encouraged at the way that he commanded the offense, that, you know, the way he was running plays, executing in the pick and roll, uh, establishing himself as a threat, not just on the three-point line, but also inside with a floater game. You know, he, he unlocked Kevin Knox for game three and four of the preseason. That alone should net him the starting point guard uh, position. You know, Clyde on the telecast had said that um, he doesn't think the Knicks should should put too much pressure on quickly that early. And, um, you know, hard to disagree with a legend like Clyde. But I think my pushback would be, number one, quickly played two years at Kentucky on the road in Kentucky, shot almost 60 percent from three. You know, the kid comes in with poise. He's, he's a high character kid. There's no fans in most of these stadiums. Um, The bar is set very low, as Mark said. I don't see where we have much to lose. I just think Quickly can add that much to the offense, especially when you're putting R.J. Barrett out there. You know Julius Randle is going to be a mainstay in that five. So I think Quickly is a guy that you need to help from a spacing standpoint and from a three-point shooting standpoint. Next to him, I'm putting Alec Burks. Next to Quickly, he's the best three-point shooter on the team also gives you some versatility at all three positions around the perimeter. Um, Strong at drawing shooting fouls as well, and also a good free throw shooter. So I think he's strong and and he deserves to be in the starting lineup. Like I said, I have RJ at the other wing. Julius Randle, you know, is going to be your mainstay Uh, between Mitch and Noel. I think they give you about the same effect defensively. It seems like at, at least early in the preseason, they, they netted the same amount of minutes per game. So I think that that kind of cancels each other out, whether who starts or finishes um, is, is of no difference to me. But I think ideally, I, I want quickly in that five. My prediction, I'm going to go along you know, with what Mark is saying. I'm going to go with Peyton, RJ, Burks, Randall, and Noel to start it off in Indy.
3: Well, to your point about quickly, uh, Luis Rabino on YouTube said, quickly at PG, please, I can't watch Peyton, any, Peyton shoot anymore. So clearly, um, there's not a lot of hope um, in Alfred Peyton when it comes to Luis. Uh, Ian, what, how do you think the Knicks will utilize Emmanuel quickly in the early goings of the season?
2: Yeah, I think it's clear that regardless of whether he starts or not, uh, he's earned his way into the rotation based on what he did against Cleveland uh, in the preseason. And, you know, he's performed in practices, he's performed in games, and that's what Tom Thibodeau has said all along. He's going to base his rotation decisions on. So he's earned a spot there. And I think that Thibodeau likes, he said that he likes the idea that quickly can play both on and off the ball and off the ball. And he brings the shooting that Alfred Payton, you know, hasn't brought during his Knicks stint consistently. Quickly can shoot the ball. He's a threat to shoot the ball, and that brings a different element Uh, When you have your lead ball handler as a threat to shoot and something the defense has to respect and pay attention to. And I think Thibodeau likes that. So I think we will see quickly get, you know, consistent minutes early on as long as he continues to perform. And, you know, we'll see where he takes it. Thibodeau has said it's about performance. It's about merit. And if that's the case, there's no way that quickly shouldn't be a part of that 10 man rotation and
3: quickly ended the preseason on a really big high, 22 points in the preseason finale against the Cavs. Uh, Mark, when you look at Quickly's game and what you've seen over the preseason, what really jumped out to you?
4: Just his confidence and poise and readiness. Uh, Listen, he was a DNP for the first preseason game. He only played nine minutes in the second preseason game. So obviously Thibodeau was not expecting that type of poise and his activity, running the offense, listen, we all know he's a good three-point shooter. That was the scouting report. The issue was, can he run a team? And he electrified the offense. And Thibodeau was stunned. I just feel, uh, you, going into the season, you can always start Payton and bring quickly off the bench. And, you know, as time goes on, you make the switch to quickly. It's a little harder to start quickly. And then he fails. And then you got to bench him and put uh, Payton uh, back as starter. I think it's easier to to go with a veteran at the very beginning. And if it doesn't work out, you know, then you make the move too quickly. But he's going to be playing. There's no doubt. And the issue is, does Dennis Smith or Frank nilakina get off the bench tonight?
3: Yeah, uh, it seems like we've completely forgotten about DSJ and Frank Nelikina. Speaking of Frank, uh, Ian, you reported yesterday that the Knicks did not discuss any possible extension with him prior to Sunday's deadline. What does this mean for his
2: future with New York? It's not really a surprise that they didn't even broach the subject to me because this is a proven year for Frank Nelikina, as it is for Dennis Smith Jr., as it is for Kevin Knox and the other young Knicks who were acquired by the previous regime. That's how it works when a new team president, new management takes over. Uh, so if Nilakina you know, jumps out of the gate strong, starts knocking down perimeter shots consistently and, and defends the way we've seen him defend for much of his NBA career so far, I think the Knicks will consider keeping him beyond this season. But if he doesn't, if you don't see that consistency from Nilakina, particularly on the offensive end, you know, I, I think that, uh, this may have run its course with Nilakina and the Knicks because it's not as if Leon Rose has drafted Nilakina and he's fully invested in Nilakina succeeding in New York. And that's the case with the other players who uh, were acquired from a previous regime. So I think, you know, Nilakina again, if he plays well, uh, you know, maybe he sticks around beyond that season, but, but he has to perform and, and, and fulfill some of that promise that the Knicks have seen in him from time to time, but not consistently enough.
3: And hopefully this is the year that he makes that big leap, because as you pointed out, you know, he hasn't taken that next step, especially in the offensive game. And remember to keep pumping those questions into the comment section, whether it's for Mark, CP, or Ian, we will make sure to get to them. And let's talk about RJ Barrett now. CP, we asked our viewers last week where they would like to see Barrett make the biggest stride in his sophomore year. Overwhelming winner was his three-point shooting, which was still a concern in the preseason. So what is the biggest area that you'd like to see RJ improve?
1: Yeah, I think it's shooting all the way around. I mean, he finished the season last year uh, shooting 44% in effective field goal percentage, only 30-something percent from three, I think 32, 61% from the free throw line. You know, when your bread and butter is bully and getting to the rim and attacking the basket, and that's what Tibbs wants to do, you know, to shoot 61% from the free throw line, that's, that's just not going to get it done. Those are free points for him. Uh, Also, finishing at the rim, he he shot 54% at the rim last year, which put him in the 22nd percentile in the league. Again, this is going to be his strength, so he has to um, improve in those areas. He averaged about 14 points a game last year. He should be able to get it up to 18, 19 if if he can do those things. I think part of it is we know the mechanics. Um, Ian had his trainer, Drew Hanlon, on who explained some of the tweaks that he made to his shot. This preseason, he's shooting very well. I think he's shooting uh, 51% from the field, 87% from the free throw line. So you're certainly encouraged by the efficiency that you saw from R.J. Barrett in these four games. So I think part of it is mechanics, and part of it, again, is the spacing and and the lineups that they put around him. Having Quickly out there, having Burks out there, guys that can give R.J. room to maneuver in the paint is going to help him you know, and not be clocked around, you know, what, what you saw last year with Peyton and, and Randall and Mitch, everybody concentrated within the paint and RJ having nowhere to um, maneuver it to, in attacking the rim. So I think those two things will help and certainly encouraged by what we saw in the preseason so far.
3: Yeah, going off of that, Mark, what were your preseason impressions of Bear? Because he didn't start out that great, you know, that first half of the game against the Pistons, then he kind of picked himself up, you know, later on.
4: Free throw shooting. Uh, he's going to get to the line a lot because of the style of play. And you could talk about, uh, you know, doing it against Cleveland and Detroit. But free throw shooting, it doesn't matter who you're playing. You're at yeah. the free throw line. No one's guarding you. And that was a real big deal for the Knicks staff to see RJ hit 87% of his free throws. He changed his tini- uh, technique as Ian has Spoken to his trainer. They shifted his uh, right hand, I think, on the ball. Uh, Listen, he still can't hit a three pointer. It's an issue, but the man can score in so many different ways. He has the agility to get to that basket and finish. You know, he's looking like now you could say that there's a chance he's going to be an all star player one day when the Knicks get good. Obviously, When you're on a a poor team, you're not going to get those votes. But I think he's going to average close to 20 points this season. I wish he could develop more of a three-point shot, but, you know, you can't have everything. But it was very impressive what he did.
3: Yeah. And if he can just develop a good mid-range game, you know, Knicks fans will take that for sure for this season. And we have another football putback poll this week, and it's presented by triple a Northeast now offering DMV services at NYC branches. We're asking you who the Knicks MVP will be this season. Will it be RJ Barrett or Mitchell Robinson, or will it be one of the two rookie first rounders go to SNY.TV slash vote. Now to make your pick. Once again, that's SNY.TV slash vote. Now. And, Mahar on Facebook is commenting, Ian, Knox needs to develop into a lethal three-point shooter. What can we expect from
2: Kevin Knox this season? He's talked about coming into this season with confidence, and he's talked about coming into this season well-prepared for year three. Uh, I always reference this. John Calipari has said it for a couple years now. We don't know who Kevin Knox is going to be in the NBA until three years into his career. That's what he told the Knicks. Uh, When the Knicks drafted Knox, Knox is coming into year three. So we'll learn a lot about Kevin Knox this year, but in terms of expectations, I mean, Mark referenced this earlier, is he going to be in that 10 man rotation? Once Austin rivers gets healthy uh, and comes back, because it's pretty obvious that rivers is going to be a part of that 10 man rotation. And if you look at how the numbers break down, you know, Knox, you could make an argument is in, or you could make an argument that he's out. So, you know, it's going to depend on, how he performs in these games early on, with Rivers out, how he performs in practices uh, as to whether he gets regular minutes uh, with this Nick team. Obviously, he played really well uh, in those Cleveland games, uh, shot the ball incredibly well. You know, part of it, I think, was Mango quickly uh, having the ball in his hands in some of those lineups with Knox creating opportunities for Knox. Uh, we haven't seen him uh, shoot that consistently really probably since the summer league of his, of his rookie season, Tom Thibodeau has said again and again, that if Kevin Knox is taking quality shots, he has the talent to make those shots. But if, if his shot selection is poor, you get the bad Kevin Knox. So if we see Knox be selective with his shooting, taking good shots and knocking them down, he should have a regular role with this Nick team this season.
3: Yeah. And hopefully, you know, Manuel's on the floor uh, a lot more so that he can, you know, open up his game uh, from the three point stripe. Now, Marlon Small on YouTube uh, says, "I want to have the kind of wins the Hawks had last year. Thirty to forty-two sounds good. If we are top fifteen in defense, have bright spots in our young guys, and get another top six, six pick, how does C- how do you feel about that, CP?"
1: Um, I'm looking at twenty-six. I'm looking at twenty-six and forty-six. Just being just being realistic, I, I think they're going to struggle to score especially if they're putting that starting five out there that uh, we think they're going to put out there Um, again what are the roles who's going to be the closer is it going to be Julius is it going to be RJ Uh, how will they shoot from three you know we're certainly encouraged by their defensive effort in the preseason you know guys are all engaged they have their hands up they're active in the passing lanes you definitely like to see that and the accountability that comes with it so um, that's certainly encouraging but I think overall I think they're going to struggle um, to to put the ball in the basket, and so I'm I'm going 26 and 46 on this campaign.
3: Okay, all right, I'm not mad at that. And a lot of people, Mark, are already looking ahead to the trade deadline. Uh, Remy on YouTube wants to know which vet is most likely to bring us a pick at the deadline, and who's the Marcus Morris for this year?
4: Well, Randall is now the Marcus Morris. If the Knicks are, you know, out of the playoff race, and now the playoff race does extend to ten teams. And in my prediction of 30 wins, I feel that perhaps at the deadline, they could be sniffing that 10th seed at some point. But uh, listen, Frank Nilakina, without that contract extension, you know, we talked to him this morning after shoot around, and his quote was, it is what it is. Uh, He said that, you know, he doesn't even know if he's going to play tonight. He, He says this, we have a lot of great options at guard. We're a very talented team at the guard position. So if the Knicks are, again, not really playing him, Frank is going to be dealt, and he could be included in a big deal, obviously, for a star. I mean, obviously, he would be one of the the, the players that Rose would want to put into a package, but Dennis Smith, they're trying to raise his trade value. It was non-existent.
1: ...games and just his overall playing within the concepts of the team. I, I think you certainly like that and his overall offensive awareness. But second in rookie of the year, I'm not so sure, man. There's, there's a lot of good rookies that played well in the preseason. You look at Devin Vassell. You know, we, we certainly had a Devin Vassell hive going in, in the Knicks fan base. And I'm, su- I'm sure they're not happy with how he's playing in, in San Antonio so far. Cole Anthony has looked all right. You have uh, Patrick Williams, Malachi Flynn. So it's going to be a tough competition, man. Going to be a tough competition for rookie of the year for sure.
3: Yeah, definitely won't be easy. Uh, getting rookie of the year any year is not easy at all. Mark, what really stood out to you about Toppin this this preseason?
4: Well, I think it's telling that it took a long time in the show to even bring up his name. Uh, he was a little disappointing. Uh, after that first half in Detroit, the Pistons made some adjustments. I don't think he's able to create his own shot right now uh, as much as I thought he would. Uh, but listen, Thibodeau talked about it the last couple of days. He really missed having that summer league and not just a missing summer league, but a month before training camp usually opens, all the guys get together voluntarily for intrasquad scrimmages. And that also is a factor in him possibly needing a month or so to really get acclimated uh, to the next level. Dayton Still a mid-major. I mean, they were a great team, but, you know, the competition, he wasn't playing Kentucky every night. So, uh, listen, his three-point shot was not good, but he still – he didn't force anything. That's what I loved about it. He still was making the right pass, and he's a real team guy. I asked uh, Bickerstaff about Toppin uh, before a Cleveland game in preseason, and, you know, the Cavaliers – We're very close to drafting him. And he said, I never, after interviewing Toppin, he said, I never spoke to a draft pick who was more about the team than Obi." And that is a great sign. I think he's a real team guy. I remember in preseason, Barrett got fouled hard. Toppin ran over to him and uh, helped him up. First Nick to get there.
3: Yeah, and that's something that you you really think Tom Thibodeau would love, guys that are about the team more so than themselves and a lot of rookies sometimes they can be about hero ball and me first so it is a breath of fresh air to see that from top and make sure guys you send in your questions on facebook youtube twitter we just have a few minutes left uh right now we're going to switch focus to another big guy mitchell robinson uh ian will he start to take some three point shots after seeing all those workout videos in the gym this off season
2: I haven't gotten a sense that that's on the immediate horizon. Uh, someone asked, I think it was Mike Vorkanoff of The Athletic who asked Thibodeau about this uh, a few days ago, maybe it was last week, and he said uh, Mitchell, you know, continues to work on it before games, during practices, and he's putting the work in to eventually move out to that range, but he said it's a process. Uh, he talked about Mitchell's touch around the basket really improving. So I think this is going to be a, a more gradual process than, uh, you know, what we've seen on on social media with Mitchell, you know, working on his three-point shot. I don't get the sense that we're going to have him hoisting, you know, three to five attempts a night this season. I think the Knicks are taking it a little slower with Mitchell, uh, moving him out gradually, maybe out to the mid-range first and then beyond the arc. That's the messaging so far. I think that's how it's going to play out at least early on this season.
3: All right, so right now he doesn't have the green light, so to speak, from Tibbs to be launching three-pointers. But it would be fun to see him launch those threes like he did in the offseason. Time for our bold predictions, our final segment of the show. My bold prediction is that R.J. Barrett will win most improved player of the year. I think what he did with Drew Hanlon over the summer, working on that jump shot, being able to change that technique, he's going to take that big leap that everybody's expecting him to take. Plus the fact that you have the motivational factor that he wasn't on any of the all-rookie teams. I feel like he's going to get most improved player of the year. CP, what's your bold prediction?
1: Wow. I don't know if it's that bold, but I think Emmanuel quickly becomes a starting point guard of the Knicks um, sooner than later. And I think he probably before the All-Star break, I, I just think the, you know, the dynamic that he brings to this offense. You know, the, the Knicks were one of the worst offenses in the league last year and, and previous years, you know, from three-point range, transition, half-court, you name it. And I just think he brings such a, you know, electric uh, energy to, to this offense. that I think Tibbs is going to have no choice but to put him in sooner than later.
3: What about you, Mark? What's your bold prediction for this season?
4: Well, CP stole it a little bit that quickly would be uh, the better rookie than Toppin, but I'll uh, give a different one that Alec Burks is going to be their best free agent signing. I don't think that's a big leap, but, you know, Rivers is obviously hurt and Noel is going to split time with Mitchell Robinson. I think Thibodeau has fallen in love with Burks. He scores in different ways, not just from three-point range, but he gets to the basket. He's flown under the radar, even last season with a horrible Warriors team. You know, he averaged 15 points, shot well from three. I think he's going to become a bigger name in New York City, a player when the Knicks signed him, people were like, Alec is still in the league? I mean, I think we're going to see a lot of nice things from Alec Burks. All right. That's
3: uh, that's going to be interesting to see because I definitely was one of those people who was like, Alec, like, what is he doing? Uh <laughs> So, if you're right, you know, that'll be wonderful for the Knicks uh, fan base. Ian, you're up
2: last. What you got? Yeah, I got two quick non Nick bold predictions for this year. One is uh, CP continues to crush it on his YouTube show post game. You got to check it out. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's got a lot of energy among the callers, particularly my guy, Jay Boogie. The other <laughs> bit of a digression here. Uh, a Bucks, the Bucks beat writers, one of the Bucks beat writers left the beat coming uh, into this season, and another beat writer posted today a nice note about his friendship with that writer. There seems to be a lot of camaraderie on that beat. My bold prediction is that would never happen for the Nick. <laughs> 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 I ever have a nice word to say about another writer uh, on this beat. I mean, during this live show even, I'm getting texts from our beat writers crushing uh, Mark and I uh, <laughs> as performing on the show. Uh, but Mark, I appreciate you coming on, man. I uh, had a chance to work alongside with you. Uh, against you with you uh, learn a lot from you over the years really appreciate your presence today and always and my full prediction for the Knicks is that uh, somehow some way uh, Frank Nelikina Julius Randall will not be on the roster at the start of the next NBA season I know that's not a, a, a hot prediction but I think there's going to be some machination uh, whether it's trade or something else where uh, Nilakina and Randall will be with other teams at the start of next year.
3: Well, if it leads to better success for the Knicks, uh, Knicks fans will certainly take it. That'll do it for this edition of the Putback with Ian Begley. Remember, plenty of coverage after the Knicks' first game. Check out Geico Sports Night on SNY at 11 and, of course, SNY.tv. Thanks for all your questions and comments. And a special thanks to Mark Berman of the New York Post and our man, CP, of Knicks Fan TV. For Ian Begley, I'm Chris Williamson, and we'll see you next time on the Putback.
4: Thanks for having us.